It's election day. If you haven't already, get out and vote. This is going to be a truly exciting and explosive week like never, ever before. By the way, if you're enjoying this content that I'm producing for you every single day of the week, that's right, 365, Monday through Friday, I would love it if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. It helps the show grow. It helps me rank up higher in the searches. And I look forward to producing more content for you in the future as a five-star rated podcast. Now, in this episode, we're talking about why voting in America has become so ironic ever since the 20th century started. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You should, you should get out and vote, man. It's your, it's your right, your constitutional right. Uh, this is the land of the free, the home of the brave, and you can't vote like this anywhere else in the world. You're right. I, I should go out and vote. So uh, who'd you vote for? Oh, no, no, no. That's private, bro. That's private. But you, you should go out and vote. Okay, well, who do you think I should vote for? Well, I, it doesn't matter. You know, you should vote for whoever you think you want to win, right? Think about your family. Who do you want to win? Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like a conversation that you've had uh, either in the past or recently, especially recently? I mean, it seems like everybody wants you to vote. But, you know, talking to somebody about voting, right, has an underlying has an underlying bias to it because you in your head know who you voted for and you know who you want that person to vote for. But there is a disconnect between wanting somebody to vote and also giving them an idea of who they should vote for and why you think so. But this only happens with voting. I mean, if I'm sitting at a, a at a dinner with you, if I'm sitting at your house and we're ordering pizza, and I say I want pineapples, and you say pineapples are gross, after that, I try to then convince you as to why pineapples taste good on pizza, right? Or the next person doesn't go, okay, well, you know, don't tell me what you want on your pizza, it's your it's your business. Let's just call it in separate, and we'll hope we get a good pizza in. But it seems like with voting specifically, it is so, even people even tell you how much they got back on their tax return. But with voting, it's like a persona non grata when it comes to conversation in this country. It's next to sin. Now, this didn't used to be like this. Voting used to be like a public affair with like parades and all that stuff. There was more more um voiced voting, right? Like verbal voting than it was by paper. This is prior to the 20th century before the uh Australian voting came to America, right? Before that, it was it was a regular thing. People didn't want it to be secret. People wanted it to be public. But for some reason it switched to now this big secrecy, which I mean I, I understand the pros, I understand the cons to it. But when you're having a conversation, even within your family, it's still kind of a weird conversation to have. But 
that's that's the real reason why I think the voting in America is so ironic. Now, the next thing is a lot of people don't understand the separation, right? People don't understand the separation between the general election and primary elections. Now, what, what does this have to do with the market? What does this have to do with Market Ventures podcast? And mostly, right, money. We talk about money in the podcast. Because who you vote for or why you vote or the idea behind voting has a lot to do with how money and finances work in this country. Because whoever's in power, whatever party's in power, and whatever kind of advantage they have in the other branches, that determines financial and fiscal policy moving forward. Right? Whether whether it has to do with the real estate market, the stock market, um, the strength of our currency, everything is connected to how politics works in this country. Why do you think we have these big groups, we have these very influential people and um, you know cabals putting money into different political campaigns? Why do you think there's such a thing called dark money? Why is it that the government knows and understands that these nonprofit groups invest in political campaigns and that money's not reported back to the American people, right? Why is it that Donald Trump can say Biden took money from, um, took millions of dollars from CEOs of big companies and Trump Trump will say Biden did that and Biden will say, oh, I averaged $43 um, per donation. So the government understands and people who make a lot of money Right, people and businesses and companies who make a lot of money understand that it's imperative to have these interest groups and to impact voting as much as possible because they know whoever is behind that desk and the majority that's behind the desks in the Senate and in Congress and in the House, all of that matters when it comes to their money, right? Their paycheck at the end of the day. So it's important for us to understand how this these things work. You should be proud of who you're voting for and why you're voting, and you shouldn't be ashamed of of that because if you have a certain agenda, which everybody in this world has an agenda, right? You can think you're this saint of a teacher who just wants to impact the youth and this, 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 but at the end of the day, you have an agenda too. There's nobody on this planet without an agenda. Be proud of your agenda if you have one and be able to defend yourself, right? This country or the Democratic Republic was is supposed to be built around discussion, right? That's why it's a two-party system, even though there's other parties. A two-party system, we're supposed to have that conversation, but for some reason with voting, we don't want to have that conversation. We want to be secretive, which in my family in general, or in my family personally, I try to open up that conversation because the more conversations we have, the more we can meet at an intellectual level. Now, Anyway, I just had to explain why we're talking about it on this type of podcast because I don't want it's not a political podcast at all, but I thought it pertinent that at this particular time in the year that we do have some kind of a discussion. So the Electoral College, as a lot of people don't understand, the Electoral College and the electors within that college, they're the ones who essentially vote for the president of the United States. Right, That happens after the popular vote comes in. Now, in your state, the popular vote is supposed to direct where the electors vote. 
right? So if I so if I live in New York State and the majority of New Yorkers voted for Trump or voted for Biden, whoever our electors are from the state are supposed to vote for whoever the popular vote was for that in that state, right? Um, every state gets electors based on their members of Congress, best based on the members in the House and the Senate. So every state has a different amount of electors. There's about 538 electors in total. Now, on election night, which is going to be tonight, after tonight, they're going to give us a projected winner. And it probably won't be tonight. It'll probably be a couple days after this because we have a lot of mail-in ballots. But they'll give us a projected winner based on the popular vote. Like, hey, this guy got the most votes. Theoretically, he should win. And it's he now, he, she, hopefully he, she, and the later we'll see. Now, it's funny because the Electoral College doesn't actually vote at the same time. Right? The Electoral College actually votes mid-December. So for the next month, our projected winner may not be the winner, which has always been, again, an interesting thing in American politics because you don't actually know anything for about a month, which I don't think the stock market is going to like that. We'll see. Now, after that, which is even funnier, Congress doesn't actually count those votes until the beginning of January, January 6th, I believe. So we vote in November, the beginning of November. We get told a winner later on in November, a couple of days after. The Electoral College doesn't actually vote on a, a, a legitimate winner until December. And Congress doesn't even count the votes until January. Right? So the way that the, the voting and the, the political system works is something that you do want to have a good idea and a good grasp on. Now, the electors can choose to vote for whoever the state chooses, right? The popular vote in the state, the elector can choose to vote for that person. But there have been instances where, say, you live in Pennsylvania and the majority of Pennsylvanians vote for the Democrat. The electors within that state can still vote for the Republican. They're not, they weren't bound to law, right? Uh, to uh, that state law. But recently, this summer, actually, the Supreme Court ruled that the state laws are constitutional and that you ha- the electors are supposed to have to, right? Again, supposed to. They don't have to actually do it. But by law, they're supposed to vote for whoever the popular vote, uh, the popular consensus in the state voted for. Um, again, this didn't happen until July 2020. So imagine before July 2020, the state laws weren't deemed constitutional and electors could have voted for whoever they wanted to. So this election may be a little bit different, but again, there's still that gray line uh, in the sand. Um, Now, I will say this. Consider being more active in non-presidential elections because understanding the importance of having the correct electors there, right? Having the correct members in the House and the Senate which we do vote for directly, right? Our popular vote elects the people in the House and the Senate, our popular vote, right? So we vote directly for our representatives. Being more active in those elections allows you to have more certainty in your vote during a presidential election year because now you know when you send your vote in to the Electoral College, the members of the Electoral College, the electors of your state, 
were put there by you. If you're not somebody who votes until the um, presidential election, the people that you're giving your vote to, you didn't vote for them. You didn't put them in office. So you don't know whether or not they're going to listen to your vote. So the idea is to be more active in those elections as well so that you can really justify making the vote come um, the general election day, right, which is today. But the most important thing I want you to get out of this is understanding the, the power of the vote, understanding that it's okay to communicate your feelings on a particular topic, regardless of how our society wants to make it secretive. The idea is to have us to come together and have conversations and discussions. So I hope you enjoyed that non-political, politically non-political episode. Uh, And I hope you enjoy the content today. Remember, go out and vote. It is your right and ability to vote. A lot of people do not have that opportunity. Just keep in mind what I said for the next four years. Should your candidate win or not win or whatever the case may be, let's just be more active in picking the people who represent us. Because at the end of the day, it does. Every four years, it does come back around and it does end up being very very important. But for our new listeners today, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can write us on Instagram or message the Facebook page at Market Adventures Podcast. Thank you so much for helping us grow as a community by sharing this show and keep the show ideas coming. I'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Music as well right after this episode. I've been your host, Alex Cunningham, and you can, you've been listening to the Market Adventures podcast. Mm-hmm.